WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD, your South Shores radio station. And uh, we got Jesse back in the studio. Jesse, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Uh, did you have a good time? You were celebrating your 10-year anniversary, right? I was. Yes, it was good. And you uh, you didn't do it locally? No, no. We went out to London. We went to London for the anniversary. It was a good time. There you go. All right. And, uh, you know, the, you just you just told us a little about the weather, about how it's getting a little bit cooler, it's getting a little rainier, and this is... Usually the time of year, and it's not unusual even, I remember not that many years ago around Halloween, we actually got a pretty substantial snowstorm. Um, winter's coming, I hate to say it, but, you know, it's time if you have your fun car to put away, it's time to put it away. Or or maybe you have a car that you keep in storage until the winter time that you take out of storage. And the battery is the heart of the car. And maintaining that battery to make sure the car will start up when you want it to and not shorten the life of the battery. The best way to do that is with a battery maintainer. And probably one of the best that I have ever seen is from a company called SeaTech. And uh, with us on the phone is Tony Zeal. He is the training manager for SeaTech. And uh, Tony, you're calling from the UK this morning or this afternoon? I certainly am. Or this afternoon. A very well, good morning to you. Well, good morning. Good morning to you as well, and thank you for calling in. Um, the company SeaTech, maybe not everyone's familiar with it. Um, how long? How long SeaTech been around? Uh, we celebrated recently our twenty fifth anniversary, uh, so twenty five years, and that's how long, funnily enough, smart charging has been around, because it was SeaTech that invented smart charging twenty five years ago in Sweden. And I I was in a uh, import shop, somebody who kind of just specializes in older BMWs and Porsches and things like that. And all around his shop, all I saw was SeaTech chargers. And I said something to him, and he goes, these are the ones I don't have to worry about. And he says, on these on these fussy electronics cars, some of the some of the uh, Italian cars and German cars that have very fussy electronics, and it's so important to keep the batteries fully charged. He said, "This is the charger I trust," and uh, he says, "I know that I can hook it up, leave it on. It does what it's supposed to do, and it and it, and I know my customers are going to be able to start their cars when they go to take them out of storage again." Is that what you hear from a lot of people as well? Yeah, it is fantastic to hear. Um, it's it's proof of the quality of SeaTech because uh, we work with over 50 of the world's most prestigious OEMs, Bentley, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Corvette, uh, Rolls-Royce. Um, the list is quite long. And these companies don't um, put their badge to any product. Uh, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to get that business. Um, and as I say, we have 50 of the, or over 50 of the world's most prestigious OEMs um, as accounts, which bears testament to the quality of SeaTech, I believe. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. Now, we have 
I guess technically three family cars kicking around. And one of them has an AGM battery in it. One of them has a regular lead-acid battery in it. And the other one, the battery finally failed after about eight years. And I replaced it with an AGM battery. Do I need a special battery maintainer, smart charger, to keep the different batteries up to where they should be, or does or does the CTEC charger uh, maintainer do that for me? Well, I'm a great believer in um, keep it super simple. Kiss um, charging. It can be you can bog yourself down quite easily in a lot of facts and figures. The simple truth is, um, whether it's AGM or flooded lead acid. It doesn't really matter. If you're unsure of what it is, just charge it at the normal rate. There'll be a normal setting on a CTEC charger that will charge the battery up to 100% for you, no problem at all. Some AGMs out there require a slightly higher, what we call bulk charge voltage of 14.7. But all that means is it will charge slightly quicker, about three or four minutes to a full charge, um, more than if it was charged as a flooded lead acid. So um, you'll get to 100% charging using either 14.7 or 14.4 volts. But if you're in doubt, just use 14.4. It'll take three to four minutes longer to get to full charge. But it's so so it just makes it nice and nice and simple for you just you just hook it up and and let it do its thing and it maintains the battery and I remember when uh your company president Bobby was on the show and she mentioned something about uh Jay Leno I guess for his hundred and fifty car collection put c tech chargers on all his cars now that's correct yeah yeah um he's a great ambassador for us um jay and he speaks from the heart we don't pay him so um he speaks out of experience whenever he talks about c-tech um and the trust that he has in the brand to look after his humongously expensive vehicle collection yeah and and i think that's the important part especially if you're leaving a car that's unattended i mean let's you you can go out and you can buy a battery maintainer for under ten dollars but I don't know if that's something I want to leave unattended and connected up to my car. I want something that I know has been around for a long time. It's been tested, and it and it does the job without causing any kind of problems. So I think that's the thing that that makes sense. And one of the one of the things that, uh, and I think a lot of people forget about it. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the program. Is people with electric vehicles? Um, every electric vehicle. That, that I've seen has a 12-volt battery in it. Now, some of them are sort of proprietary, like Tesla has its own weird connections on their batteries, but they all have 12-volt batteries, and those 12-volt batteries need to be maintained too, right? That's absolutely right. Um, it's very difficult to get the information on which vehicles to charge and how to charge them, um, but uh, yes, it is vitally important to keep that 12-volt uh, flooded or 12 volt lead acid battery alive. Um, if you let that go dead, you're not going anywhere in the vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we see, um, you know, some people and some people will leave a car for 
you know, six months someplace, and they'll come back, and they just don't do anything to the battery, and they just leave it there, and, you know, it doesn't start. So they get their neighbor to come over, and they jumpstart the battery and let it run for a while. That cycle of going completely dead or almost completely dead and then charging it back up, either charging it with an actual battery charger, which is the right way to do it, or or just driving it and hope it charges back up, that takes a lot of the life out of the battery, doesn't it? That's absolutely right. Uh, the, just to give you an example, between fully charged and chemically discharged to a point where uh, one of the major motor manufacturers say if it hits that voltage, 11.9 volts, the chance of it failing under warranty uh, goes through the roof. There's less than one volt between fully charged and chemically discharged. Now, at 12.4 volts, Sorry to hate you with all the figures, but at 12.4 volts, you have a process begin to speed up within the lead-acid battery called sulfation. And that's responsible for 85% of all battery failures under warranty. And it's just a simple uh, chemical reaction within the battery that deposits sulfur powder on the active plate material. And if that battery isn't recharged, we can't reverse that process. And what that powder will do is insulate the plates and stop it from accepting charge. So the alternator thinks that the battery is fairly charged. I don't need to put too much, power, uh, much charge into that. Whereas actually it's screaming out for charge and the sulfation is hiding the fact. So, yeah, it's, you know, you can leave a battery, a modern vehicle now. It's going to be in that danger zone within two weeks of being parked up. You go away on holidays, park your car at the airport. Um, there's every chance that battery's going to be at a very, very low state of charge by the time you come back off holiday, a modern vehicle. Yeah, and this is something that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of mechanics aren't even familiar with. Um, two years ago, I guess I made the mistake, or maybe not, depending on how you think of it, that I bought a small boat and... Uh, the and it was it was new and I I was looking it over and I realized it didn't seem like the battery was charging so I took it back to the shop that I got it from and the mechanic came out with his battery testing tool and he tested the battery and said well it's 12.2 volts and he said you know anything over 12 is good and I kind of looked at him and said well not really you know <laughs> you know we want to see a little bit higher voltage than that. Uh, on a good battery, and then he tested the alternator and found out, and oh, big surprise, it wasn't charging. But, you know, the idea that he said anything over 12 volts in a battery is good isn't really true. Anything over 12, it, you, like you pointed out, it's that 12.5 or 6 volts that really indicates the battery is fully charged. That's correct, yeah. 12.72 is supposed to be the, the voltage you'll see. You'll very rarely see it. Um, it normally rests around 12.6 volts for a standard flooded battery. Um, anything below that, you're starting to look at, all right, we need to, to charge this battery quite soon. If it starts going down to 12.4, 12.3, you desperately need to charge that battery to get it back up because that process of sulfation will start um, and it's only a good recharge will actually reverse that process in the early stages. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, when uh, I hear from readers and listeners all around the country, and the ones that tell me that they've gotten the longest life out of a battery are people that do exactly what you said. They maintain their battery, make sure the voltage stays up, and they don't run that cycle of leaving the car for two weeks, it doesn't get driven, then they start it up and they go for a half-hour drive, and then they park it again and maybe it sits for another five or six days they keep that car that battery maintained properly and those are the ones that we see that get these you know six seven eight years out of a battery where here in the northeast we're lucky to get five years and in some of the hot weather states that you know with you know people i talk to across the country they're lucky to get two or three years out of a battery that's absolutely right there's figures out there that, that prove what you're saying you if they're looked after, batteries will last longer in cold weather. Um, but as soon as you start, uh, temperature starts rising, that's an added problem. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, a case of... when it, the, the thing that I tend to talk most about training sessions or one of my trade shows is the fact that people don't think twice about checking their tyres for air pressure, checking the oil... Uh, all the other fluids on the car, they'll check those. That's, that's say, a once-a-month job. What's the problem with attaching it to a charger if it's going to extend your battery life by anything up to three times? We have the figures that will prove that. Just by charging it and bring it back up to 100%. Even if you have one of these modern start-stop vehicles, okay, with a smart alternator, even if you charge up to 100% there, as soon as the vehicle starts up, the battery management system will see the battery's fully charged, so it won't switch the alternator on. The alternator won't charge it. It'll allow that battery to discharge to around about 80 85%, okay? And the vehicle will run quite happily at that. Now, if you left it at that, you're going to shorten the battery life. So by taking it up to 100%, you're going to extend that battery's life. Even though when you start the vehicle up, the alternator won't kick in, it'll drop down to about 80%, and then it will start to work. It doesn't matter. The fact that you've taken that battery back up to 100% will extend the life of that battery for you. And, uh, you know, my full-time job is I work for the AAA Auto Club, and we probably we probably do something like, I don't know, uh, you know, and I'm and I'm making it up, but we probably in our region we probably do a million jump starts a year, and jump starts really aren't good for a battery. That that uh, quick hit of a a surge of power to get that car going isn't isn't the best for the battery, is it? It's a, it's never good to to jump start, um, but there are times when you can't avoid it. Um, and it's, it depends on how discharged the battery is. If you've got a really flat battery and your neighbor's good enough to give you a, a jump start, then you disconnect the battery, that's fine, or disconnect the jumper leads, that's fine. But the alternator sees a battery that's empty, and a battery will accept charge at you know an exceedingly high rate. Um, just because it can, it doesn't mean it's good for it. A battery needs to be charged at about a tenth, one-tenth of its uh, amp-hour rating. 
Okay, so if you're, if you're ever wondering about what size charge you need to use, good rule of thumb is look at the top of your battery, see the amp hour rating, and divide that by 10, and that will put you in the ballpark figure for the size of charger that you need. So all of a sudden, you've jump-started this car, and the alternator sees that it's empty. It sees that it's a, a, a massive consumer has been turned on. Mm-hmm. Bang! So it, it pumps out. I've done tests in, in my own garage uh, on a 35-amp-hour battery. I discharged it down to practically zero, um, and then brought it back simulating an alternator. And that 35-amp-hour battery was taking over 70 amps for 15 minutes. Mm. So that's an awful lot of current rushing into a fairly small battery. It's, you know, twice the actual size of the battery was the amount of amperage it was taking. And that generates heat. Heat can cause problems such as buckling within the battery. And if you're continually jump-starting and not resolving the issue or the problem, whatever it may be on the vehicle, it's going to destroy the battery in double-quick time. Mm. So the best way to do it would be to slowly bring that battery back up to charge. And you you have a battery maintainer that can that can do that too, right? Yeah, it's it's called the CS3. Um, now it can either run off a mains outlet, or it can run off several accessories such as a solar panel, and it will act exactly the same as a five amp one of our five amp chargers, but. It also acts as what we call an adaptive booster. It's not a jump start pack. There's mm-hmm. plenty of those on the market. Uh, if you connect the CS3 up to a vehicle, um, it will analyze the battery, and it will try and get it to a point where it will start within 15 minutes, and it will charge with up to 20 amps of charge. Now, the difference between using a CS3 and jump starting is what I've just pointed pointed out. You remove the jump cables on a vehicle, the alternator sees that big consumer, the battery is empty, so it needs to fill it as quickly as possible. You don't get that with the CS3 because we're putting energy into the battery. So when you do actually come to start the vehicle and the alternator kicks in, the demand for energy from the battery isn't so large because you've put energy in there already. You've discharged the CS3 into uh, the battery, so it's a lot safer and a lot easier to use. Like I say, we could—it's like the Swiss Army knife of, of chargers. It acts as a power bank, um, USB-A, USB-C outlets. It can run off solar panel to recharge the internal battery, and if you connect it to a starter battery that needs or another battery that needs charging, it's connected to a, a solar panel. It will act as a 5-amp charger, a regular 5-amp charger. So it's quite a clever piece of equipment. Yeah it, yeah, it certainly sounds like it. And if people want more information about SeaTech, the company, and the chargers, um, the website is, is, um, is, it, is it smarterchargers.com? Is that what it is? You can get it on smartercharges.com or ctech.com. Uh, if you go to ctech.com, it'll flash up and ask you if you're in the United States, obviously. It'll, it'll pick it up and it'll reroute you through to the correct website. 
Well, Tony, I want to thank you for taking time out of your Sunday and joining us on the Car Doctor program and helping us, helping educate our listeners about batteries, battery storage, battery charging and maintenance, because the battery really is the heart of the car. And so many times that 12-volt battery, um, when it is in poor condition, can cause so many other issues with um, computer-related problems, and it all comes back down to the battery. And if that 12-volt battery isn't isn't up to where it's supposed to be, it's going to cause communication problems between modules and all kinds of things. And by simply adding a battery maintainer to the vehicle and making sure that battery's up to where it should be will help eliminate a lot of problems now and in the future. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. It's a very hard feat of a modern vehicle. Without a good battery, you're not going anywhere. And it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invite, John. All right. Thank you, Tony. Take care and have a great rest of the afternoon. Bye-bye. And you. Bye-bye. We need to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening to 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com join. We're not happy unless you're happy. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart of Stewart Painting, and that's been our promise for over 35 years. If we paint your home, it's going to be a great experience. We do every job right, on time, and we stand behind our work. We have thousands of lifetime customers. That's because we are committed to delivering a top-notch job every time. There are not many sure things in life, but hiring Stewart Painting to paint your home is a sure thing. That's because we live by the Stuart Painting promise. We're not happy unless you're happy. To schedule your free estimate, call either of our Hingham or Hyannis offices or to receive a virtual quote, visit us online at stuartpaint.com. Send us a video of your project and receive your estimate within 24 hours. That's stuartpaint.com. And remember, Stuart Painting. Expect the best. Hey guys, it's Lexi James. And we're Cryer Creek. Twilight Showcase Radio, hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio Sundays on 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. Search for Twilight Showcase on Facebook. And visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tonight from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program. Our phone number is 781-837-4900 if you want to join us. 781-837-4900. And I think we have a caller on hold. Good morning and welcome to the car doctor program. Hi, John. Is that me? It, it is you. It is you. In case you were wondering. Yeah, it's Tom. Uh, uh, That was very interesting. He was a very good guest, you know, well-spoken and explained things very good. Um, 
the funny thing, you've had that show on today because just yesterday I got a 70s Jeep out there, an old one, and I left the battery in it all summer, started once or twice, and I, had, and I had that issue, slow cranking, so I brought up my yep. old Sears battery charger and put it on for a little bit, and it got up to like 12.3, but it just didn't have the, the cranking reserve, it crank a bit, you know? Yep. So I think there's hope for that battery if I take it out and put it in the cellar and let it charge on a slower charge for, uh, oh, you know... <laughs> it 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 may. I I mean, sometimes what happens is, um, like I have a I have a battery maintainer, and it's just one of these little ones that plugs into the wall, and it's not mm. a C, it's not a C Tech one. It's a different brand, but it actually has a button on it to desulfates the battery, and all it really does is, it kind of like turns the battery charger on and off really fast. So I think maybe if you mm. turn your battery charger down as low as it can go. And just mm-hmm. let it, and just let it slowly charge up. Um, you might, you might get some, you might get some life back into it again. It's, it's possible. Um, I, I've found, I've found that, uh, you know, what happens is if it gets down to, like Tony said, I think he said ten point nine volts or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when it gets down, when it gets down to that low voltage like that, you take quite a bit of the life out of the battery. So, you know, even though you've had your Jeep parked for six months and you've started it a couple of times, starting it up, all it really did was take a little bit more out of it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, right. you could you could, you certainly could try it. I mean, I would I would, but yeah, I, I if you yeah anyways. if your if your battery charger has a setting. You know, if it has like a low and a high, try to charge yeah. it as low. Try to charge it as low as it can go. Okay, yeah, it's one of the most C's. It's a good yep. one. It's got a high yep. and then a boost. And yep. they have like a twelve. Yep. But, yep. but what is the difference? And I know the battery tenders. So what is this C Tech? Is it a larger, more, much more elaborate unit? I've never. Uh, well, seen it, one. I've heard it, about it's them. it's I've heard it's battery tenders. Yeah, battery tender is the one that. Um, I think most people are familiar with, and if you look at a lot of, you know, if you ever get in somebody's private garage and you look at car collections, you'll see that, you know, battery tenders tends mm. to be the one that a lot of people use. C-Tech is a smarter version of that. Um, it uses circuitry inside there that monitors the battery and looks at voltage, and it varies things a little bit more. Um, mm. It's just it's it's still a battery maintainer, but it's a just a smarter battery maintainer, I guess, is the way to say mm. it. And it and it's uh, it, you know it just looks at voltages a little bit differently. Um, it's one that, uh, like I said, it's one that I I hadn't ever heard of until a few years ago, and mm. um, w- somebody I work with uh, years back, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, inherited a little bit of money, and he always wanted a sports car, so he found a. Uh, a used Porsche, and it was like it was like uh, it wasn't ridiculously expensive. It was twenty five thousand dollars or something, mm-hmm. and which is a lot of money for me to spend for a toy car. But and he said to me, "Oh, you know, look at this battery charger they gave me," and it you know it said Porsche right on the thing, and but in small print under it it said SeaTac, and I'm like, "Oh, I never hadn't really heard of that company before," and then come to find out. C-Tech is the one who, you know, when you go, you know, when it's time for you to go buy that new Ferrari or something, you're going to get a C-Tech battery charger with it because, you know, they realize that people who drive sports cars like that don't drive them every day. So you plug it in and maintain it. And it's just a, it's a, it's a smarter version, you know, is Mm -hmm. the, is the battery tender brand that a lot of people use? Is it a good charger? Yeah, that's a good charger too. 
but I think the CTEC one is just a step above that, um, mm-hmm. just just a little bit smarter version of that. And the yeah. one that they have that's the um, the CS free, and that's a that's that's kind of a bigger, bulky look and looks like a little loaf of bread actually. And that's the one that um, you know it has you know it has like you can jumpstart your car but you don't you plug it in and it kind of brings the battery back up a little bit at a time takes 10 or 15 minutes to get the battery back up but um you know for people that go like camping or something the solar panel that it comes with is probably i don't know two feet by 18 inches and it's two of them and it unfolds and you put it in the sun it charges up the 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 unit which in turn charges up your car. So if you're somebody who goes camping and you're out in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere, uh, you set up this solar thing, hook up to your battery, and your battery's never going to go dead. So it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty slick system, and um, you know, and and I I kind of I kind of looked at it and said, well, that's kind of that's kind of neat, and um, you know, would it be would it be the the kind of thing I want to use? Like I don't know, keep the battery charged on my little boat. I don't know. It takes up the only thing with that. It takes up too much room. I think it would be a little too big. I, um, but I think if I had, if I had, uh, I have a neighbor who has a uh, a utility trailer, and he he keeps a, you know, keeps some stuff in it, and he keeps a car in it, and and you know, I I said to him, this is you know something like this. This solar panel, you know, mounted to the top of the roof of your trailer would keep all your electrical accessories and everything all charged up, and you'd be good to right. go. So so yeah, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, product, but yeah, you know, check out check out their website smartercharger.com and read about it. But yeah, yeah they yeah they have. Scott, uh, but, on, I, go ahead. All this battery problems that you know, like these we've had for life. Is this going to be a problem with the electric cars? You know, somebody goes away for a week, two weeks. What's going to be happening with these? You know, when the cars are whole well, battery. Well, you know that that's <laughs> that's an interesting one because. Yeah. Um, it is. It is. Um, a couple of people have written to me lately, and you know my newspaper column bounces all over the place. And you know somebody wrote to me, and they said they, you know they go to Phoenix for the winter or something, and they and they leave their electric car, you know, on in Long Island or wherever they live, and mm-hmm. um, and they said, um, you know, what do I do with it? And I'm like, good question. What do you do with it? <laughs> And uh, and and what happen what what happens is what I've read on all the different company you know websites and bulletins is you're better off with an electric car to leave it if you have a charger at your house a home charger at your house leave it plugged in and what it does is at least the ones that I looked at when the uh, when the 12 volt battery starts to go down in voltage it actually charges off the main big battery so. Because all of these batteries have, you know, the 12-volt battery to get everything going. It's sort of the, the boot-up battery for the car. It turns the computers on and all that stuff. So you have to maintain that battery. If you don't plug it in and you just let it sit there, eventually the 12-volt battery is going to go dead. And then it's even possible the big traction battery can go dead. Now, I don't know how long that takes. I've talked to people that have left a Prius park for three or four months and haven't had any problems with it. But does it shorten the life like every lithium-ion or lead-acid battery? Yeah, it's going to. Um, right. So, you know, if uh, you, you know, there was a time where you could buy a Chevrolet uh, Bolt um, in Massachusetts with all of the rebates and incentives, you could provide you qualified for all of them. 
um, you could buy this thing for about $18,000, which it was mm-hmm. a $40,000 car. So it was like, that's a pretty good value. And I'm like, you know, could I leave that for six months somewhere? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes the problem. So unless you have the ability to charge it all up and do stuff with it, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, the one thing I do know is if I had to pick a place to be stuck in the wintertime and a radio station called me about this, not this this week, you know, they said, what happens if you're in an electric car in the, in, and you're stuck in a snowstorm? What's going to happen? And I said, you're probably better off in the electric car because the electric car's got the great big battery in it and providing you, you know, left for work mm-hmm. in the morning and it was fully charged, you could probably sit in that car for 40 hours, you know, keeping the seat heaters on and things like that and keeping comfortable enough in the car, uh, way better than a gasoline car. But as far as leaving a park for a long time mm. uh, a little mm. hard to do yeah time will tell well time will tell you, all right you. all right take Have care bye-bye Thanks, you. bye-bye our phone number again 781-837-4900 and uh i forgot yeah have a good thanksgiving you're absolutely right uh let's go to john in norwood john hi john how are you good how are you not too bad yeah, i had um, new tires put on my car a couple of weeks ago and one of the tires doesn't have any sort of a weight on it. Does that mean they missed balancing that tire, or does that mean that magically that tire and wheel combination was perfect or something? Let's go with that. <laughs> it, it, is, it is possible that when they balanced the tire, it came up that it required less than a quarter of an ounce of weight. And that's not really a whole heck of a lot. So they might have just said, yeah, it's it's okay, or it came out, it was okay. Or they put a weight on there and it fell off as soon as you drove away from the tire store. Um, I guess the real test would be, you know, go out on the highway and drive 65 miles an hour and see if it feels nice and smooth. But I um. got to think that they either missed one. It's very it's not very often you see a tire that just happens to... I mean, even if you took the tire off the wheel and just balanced the wheel, usually the wheels take a little bit of weight. And the idea that you put the heavy spot of the tire opposite the light spot of the wheel and, you know, that tire that was almost perfect balanced out the wheel that was almost perfect. Go pick lottery numbers tonight for that to happen. <laughs> Um, and would it be less noticeable if it were on the rear of the car as opposed to the front of the car if you're driving 65? Absolutely. In fact, usually what happens is if you're putting four tires on a car and one of them just doesn't balance, you know, maybe the wheel's a little bit off or the tire, you know, even though that brand new tire, you know, it looks like it's taken a little bit more weight than it should. And sometimes what happens, we, we were talking with Jay Kondrick from, Boston Mobile Tire last last week, I guess. And, um, you know, sometimes you can break the tire back down and spin it 180 degrees and see if it, you know, changes changes how much weight that tire is going to take. But the old trick, and this hasn't changed in, since I think people are putting tires on cars, you know, put the worst tire on the right rear because that's the least likely place you're going to feel it being out of balance. Because it's okay. further, so because really it's I- further, yeah, so it's further away from you. 
So, you know, if it's on the left rear or the right rear, you're not going to feel it the same as you would if it was in the front where that vibration is going to vibrate directly up through all the steering linkage, up through the steering wheel, and you're going to feel it in the wheel. In the back, there's a lot of stuff that the body mounts and... Um, and 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 other suspension pieces back there sort of mask any vibration issues. So, I mean, I guess if I was going by this place to put the tires on, and you know, if you swung by and said, "Hey, look, I just noticed the left rear tire doesn't have any weight on it at all. Um, any chance the weights fell off, or can you just recheck it for me to make me feel good?" Wouldn't hurt. Yep. Okay. And okay. Got another question. Sure. That time. Sure. Out on the highway, going like sixty-five miles an hour, and a fairly new, really nice-looking Mustang went by us in the left-hand lane, and it seemed to be loud. And when he was maybe a half a mile ahead of us, all of a sudden, this huge amount of smoke came out of his tailpipes, and I mean, it was thick enough that I couldn't really see for a second or two when I was driving through it. But he went over into the right-hand lane, but. It was still probably going, you know, 50 miles an hour. The car just didn't die. Like, what happened to that engine, do you think? Yeah, it sounds like it broke. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it um, you know, it could be that it had a... Uh, 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 could be it had a turbocharger on it, and maybe the tur- one of the turbo seals blew out and sucked oil into the engine that way. Um, it could be, could be something worse. It could be punched a hole through a piston if it's a fairly late model mustang and like you said it was loud maybe they did some you know they did some work to the engine and to boost it up a little bit it um big big clouds of smoke are never a good sign so i just assume uh, that if you ever saw big clouds of smoke that your engine would pretty much be dead and you'd be lucky to make it over to the breakdown lane but he was still driving well it, so. well you know you got to remember it's a it's a eight cylinder car and um, you know, if he did something catastrophic, like, you know, blew a hole through the top of a piston, it's still going to run. It's just not going to run good. And, you know, it's still going to make, you know, that eight-cylinder engine with one piston missing out of it is still probably going to make 100 horsepower. So it's still it's going to run. It's just not going to be it's not going to be healthy. And, um, you know, that could have been it. Yeah. The smoke was kind of a big puff of it, but then when he was running, you know, slower in the, yeah. the right-hand lane, there was no smoke. Yeah, but that's still not a good sign. I, I'm willing to bet that, uh, I'm willing to bet that a piston or something broke. And not broke, but it could he could have burnt the hole right through a piston. Like I said, depending on what kind of modifications it could be. Um, and that's one of the things about modifying a, 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 any kind of car. You're putting more stress, and it's you know. So I was looking at I was looking at a, uh, uh, I think it was a, a Subaru, and you know the Subaru um, STIs, you know, run a, 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 tub- a turbocharger on them. They run like eight to ten pounds of boost. The Honda Civic sports model runs something like twenty-eight pounds of boost. Well, you run all that boost in the engine. You're gonna you're gonna put more stress on parts. And this person with the Mustang, maybe they had a supercharger on it. Maybe they had a turbocharger on it. Maybe they had a uh, a belt-driven supercharger on it. And maybe it caused that much more stress in the engine. Or maybe it was just a you know it just um, you know sucked a lot of oil. But if it was that thick that you couldn't see driving through it. 
uh, that engine wasn't happy, and I'm willing to bet there's that eight-cylinder engine is now a seven-cylinder engine. <laughs> Hopefully, it's still under warranty. <laughs> well, chances are, chances are, it probably it probably isn't because if they did do some modifications, and that's one of the things that sometimes happens, you know, it, even to the point of putting a putting a high performance chip in the car and remapping how the the spark and stuff works in it, that can void a warranty, and that you know, the, oh yeah. Yeah, so even to, even to the point, um, BMW can actually um, they can look and you know a BMW's performance car that's supposed to run on premium fuel all the time. They can map out when you had the right gasoline in the car, and they can actually void the warranty if you run regular in a car that requires premium. So, you know, depending on what happened to this Mustang, I bet he's writing a big check somewhere. I think so. Yeah. All right. right. Take care now. All right. Thanks, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. We are going to... We're going to Dick in Plymouth. Dick, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor Program. Dick, is that you? Hello, Dick. They're looking looking for battery charges. Yeah. And uh, I heard the SeaTac guy. I have a Dodge diesel has two batteries in it. It's a thirty-five hundred. Yeah. I usually put two charges, one on each battery. Could I hook the batteries together with a jumper and use one charger? Yeah, there's um, there there is a you know almost any of these battery maintainers and and like I said, I have the the battery tender one. It comes with directions how to charge up multiple batteries. So yeah, all it does is run a run a jumper between the two yeah because i think on your dodge it runs uh, uh, do you have an isolator on that it separates the two batteries out i have no idea yeah i think so i think when the two batteries are sitting there by itself they're separated and when you turn the key to crank it over they jump together to crank over the engine i think that's how that works in that car yeah. but yeah you but can you can use one yeah i've seen i've seen um one battery maintainer literally maintain a rack of batteries, like five or six batteries. So, yeah, you can do it. Wow. Yeah, this is a 2004, 180000 on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you should, w- you should be able to do it, yeah. All righty. And also, I run the SeaTech website, and I see all the batteries, but it doesn't look like they sell the public on the website. Looks like you've got to go to a dealer. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that. That's that's an interesting question. They have all of all of uh, charges there. Yeah. Of course, I and I didn't know how to spell tech. I was going C T E C H. Yeah. But it's uh, T E K. So uh, I looked on it, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll figure that out anyway. I mean, because you you can't tell me anything about that because you don't know. Because uh, I because I I don't know. You're right. But uh, check out. <laughs> Well, you know, you can buy it direct, I think. If you go to smartercharger.com, yeah. so um, it says here free two-day shipping on orders over $50, so I think you can buy direct from the company. Uh, all right, I'll try that. All right, smartercharger.com, yeah. All right, thank you, John. Okay, all right, take care. Bye-bye now. Okay. Let's see if we get one more call in be uh, between now and the time we have to take a break. I think we're going to Wayne and Duxbury. Wayne, good morning. Good morning. I have another uh, battery question. Uh, I'm an ex-sailor and have 
had several sailboats and uh of course with marine uh deep cycle batteries um i you know was always under the impression that you could run them down to nothing so i guess my question is first of all is that true and secondly what's the difference between a an automobile battery and a deep cycle battery well exactly what you just said because there for instance if when you go to buy a marine battery there's a marine battery is designed to crank and there's a marine battery that's designed as a deep cycle battery to right maintain accessories same thing with a if you had an RV there's a battery that cranks over the engine and there's a battery that right runs which the rest I, of the which stuff which I do currently yeah. so yeah. and I have a marine battery in the RV for my accessories right and that and that the way that works is that battery is designed to tolerate that those deep cycle discharges is it better if you left it fully charged all the time absolutely but it it responds better to deep cycling where if you took a regular conventional car battery and put it in your sailboat or your rv right where you would normally put the deep cycle battery you might get yeah. seven or eight cycles out of it and the battery would be dead where the oh, deep cycle really? yeah, yeah. where okay. where the deep cycle battery is designed to be able to tolerate that and recover from that, you know, hundreds of times. So it's in the construction of the battery. And I, I see. didn't, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know, way back 30, 40 years ago, I didn't believe that. And I had an old Winnebago, and it needed batteries. And I bought two of the same batteries because I worked in a garage. And I, I'm like, oh, right. no, I'll just get, I'll just get crank, I'll get regular batteries. I don't have to get a deep cycle battery. We didn't sell them anyway. Right. So uh, I put it in and I got maybe a month's worth of camping out of it and the battery was just <laughs> yeah. so so yeah. then i went and got a deep cycle battery and it, and it happened to be a marine battery that's what was what was there and that did and i think i left that battery in there for the you know several years while i owned the rv so um it's sure. in the it's in the construction of how right. that battery is sure. made and the plate even if you pick it up you know when you go to pick up that deep cycle battery it weighs more than yeah that one. yeah oh they're, they're super heavy yeah so, all right. So, is it when you say a difference in battery can is is it different metals or what? Do you know? No, it's still, it's what, still what? no. I don't think it's different metals. I think it's just more more of the same. More. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. and also at the bottom of the battery, I think as the plates start to flake, the material on the plate starts to flake off. There's more room for the stuff to sort of settle to the bottom of the battery because if all that plate material settles across all the plates it can actually internally short the battery so it gives it a place to go to it at the same time so i think it's that combination combination of things so yep yeah Uh, thank you all right take care all right thank you and have a happy thanksgiving likewise hey jesse do you think we have time to give away that gift certificate to uh the in control advanced driver training folks sure do you think so? All right. Well, yep. why don't we do? Why don't? How should we do it? Should we do trivia, or should we just give it away to like the ninth caller? Your call. You're the executive producer. I guess the question would be: Do we have time to answer nine phone calls? Let's give it away to the fifth caller. Fifth caller. Okay. The fifth, and I said nine only because you know ninety-five nine. But we'll take the five out of the ninety-five nine. So to the fifth caller, and here's the here's the rule: you have to uh, you have to call in, talk to Jesse. 
and say, hey, am I the fifth caller? And he'll say yes or no. And you have to have an email address because I'm going to email you the certificate because Dan Strollo emailed me the certificate, so I'm going to email it to you. And then you can call in control, and you can take their four-hour long course, which is a little bit more than two hours worth of track time. Remember, it takes place at the former, former uh, Weymouth Naval Air Base. Um, you'll be in a class with everything from 16-year-olds to 80-year-olds. Uh, my wife and I both did it a, a bunch of, I think, five years ago. Um, good course, teaches a lot of stuff about anti-lock brakes and, and how to prepare for crashes and all kinds of stuff in control uh, it's a great program they do a lot of good and we have a certificate to give away so if you're the fifth caller you can call in and tell jesse and jesse will tell me and there you are there you're a winner right now let's take a break pay some bills when we come back uh you can give us a call at 781-837-4900 which is the same number you call to win the gift certificate and We'll go over some of the questions that came this week as well. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. I am Marco, and I am always been full of life, full of energy, and always on the go. At the age of 21, I was diagnosed with kidney disease. My life was saved by an organ donor. Receiving a life-saving organ put my life back into play, and I was able to move forward and make my dreams come true. Anyone can sign up to be an organ donor, whether you're 16 or 96. Be a hero. Be an organ donor. Register today. Register at mass.gov slash organ donor. Sponsored by New England Donor Services. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Talk Radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. And uh, I guess we got a lot of phone calls, but caller number five was, who was it, Jesse? Jesse? Uh, it was Jim from Plymouth. Jim from Plymouth. Good. So Jim will get that. I will, even when Jesse sends me his email, I will send it along. And uh, also, uh, it reminded me when I went back to look at the um, in-control things, if you own a small business, and you have people that drive as part of your business. And I think Dan said if you have under 100 employees, um, you can uh, you can go through the Workforce Training Fund um, and you can get actually in control advanced driver training for your fleet drivers for free if you have under 100 employees. So um, you can go to their website, driveincontrol.org slash WFTF Express, which sounds like too much to remember, but Workforce Training Fund Express. Um, so you can check it out. And if you if you have a business, you know, you, you have a, I don't know, plumber, electrician, something, and uh, you want to, uh, you want to get them trained, 
You can do it for free. I think right now we're going to Rich in Marshville. Rich, is that you? Hello, Rich. Hi. There you are. Hey. Yeah, here I am. Hey, uh, I got a 2006 F-350 automatic transmission. Stays in drive, won't downshift at all, and my tow haul light blinks. Um, yeah, stuck valve in the valve body. Um, yeah, I mean, that, having that having that tow haul light come on gives you a clue that it's it's there's there's two two solenoid or a solenoid that's it's trying to switch on two things at the same time so it shuts off shuts that off ford ford does some funny stuff with that where um where the when that ford uses that uh, um light that flashes and they also do um on some of their other vehicles if the overdrive light flashes um it indicates a problem and so, yeah, I mean, on that on that vehicle, it's it's in the in the transmission control module. Um, usually, what happens is either that module is bad, wiring's bad, or it's trying to turn on two things at the same time that shouldn't come on. So, the first thing you need to do is hook it up to a scanner that can read body control stuff and find out what kind of codes are coming out of it. But when that when that light flashes like that, that usually is an indication with the transmission. It may not need to be overhauled, but it may, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a problem and um, you'll get a variety of different codes, but usually it's, usually it's one of the clutch solenoids or is stuck and it could be electronic or it could be the solenoid itself is bad, but um, it's internal in the transmission if it isn't connected to the module, the control module itself. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see if we can uh, find some, a scanner and get her scanned up. Yeah, and sometimes what happens is, you know, you you disconnect the battery, let it sit for a few minutes, hook everything back up, and it'll go away. But all that's really telling you is all it did was reboot the computer. And but yeah, usually it's uh, it's internal, and it's uh, um, sometimes depending on the code, it could be a torque converter clutch solenoid stuck on or off it could be a variety of things but because it's the tow haul switch when when you it, when this truck is running normally and you and you hit that tow switch like you're towing a trailer what it does is it shuts off the torque converter clutch so in other words it doesn't freewheel and go into like torque converter overdrive so where it's flashing like that it's it's either turning on or off that torque converter trying to do something it shouldn't do so it's related usually it's related to the torque converter solenoid but it's internal and it could be could be a solenoid could be the could be the module itself you're not going to know until you start to go through it okie doke well, okay nice. all right sure thing take care have a good day yep. you as well Enjoy bye-bye thank you well then um we have we have about a minute or two left, I think, and we'll we'll round it up with one battery question that came in. And it said someone told me that Honda is having issues with the battery on a 2020 Civic. My car has less than 25,000 miles on it, and as of now, I haven't had a problem. Should I replace the battery now before winter really sets in, or does a three-year-old battery have plenty of life left in it? Typical life of a battery in New England is, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years, depending on how you take care of it. Longer, you know, if you use a battery maintainer, CTEC, 
battery tender, whatever the case is, you typically get a little bit more life out of it. The issue with the Honda battery is the best I could figure out, try to do a little bit of research, that's a pretty small battery. It's a 315, 350 cold cranking amp battery. Doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a lot of reserve capacity, doesn't have a lot of amperage to it. Now it's a little engine, it's probably a 1.5 liter, maybe a 2 liter engine, depending on which model it is. Um, but when I looked up replacement batteries for this car, they're all 400 to 500 cold cranking amps, so they're bigger not physically size-wise, but bigger capacity-wise. Um, if this was my car, I'd go get the battery tested. If it doesn't test good, I'd replace it with a battery that's at least 400 cold cranking amps. Something better than what's in there. I think you'll have less problems. I know years back, uh, the mid-2015-16 Honda CRVs, same problem. A lot of battery issues to the point where when we did some research at work, we saw um, Hondas were popping up a lot more often for battery replacement than a lot of other vehicles. So, And I think it has to do with how Honda designs their charging profiles and also the type of batteries that they use at the same time. So it's a combination of things. Hey, well, Thanksgiving's coming up this Thursday. And this is a big travel day. So, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday night, is a heavy travel time. So if you're out on the road on Wednesday, um, maybe a better idea is get up early Thursday morning and go to Grandma's house for pie and turkey or whatever you're going to do. That music means we need to go. Hey, Jesse, you and your family have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. You too, sir. next week. And uh, for everybody else out there, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.